I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the iniquities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Ladies and gentlemen, the Church of Laszlo has begun. Yo. Yo. How are you? Never better. How about you? I'm great, man. No problems. Glad to hear it. What's the good word? I know. You sent him to the other room. Oh, I'm not mad at you. You're fine. Okay. He's... It's our last day before ma- vacation. Whatever. We'll do this. We don't got to do video today. See, he's not mad. He's just... He's sad. He's a are little sad. Are you sad today? Well, come I'm... on in. Come on in. Come on in. No, it's okay. It's no, okay. come on in. Come on in. All right. If you want me come to. Come on. All right. Come on. You got my computer on in there in case we need it? Because I need you running back and forth pressing buttons. I'm not saying that we'll need it, but just in case. It is Friday, right? It is. So what are we doing? I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Well, I know Snowcone was looking for uh, best of stuff. I feel like I can hear the TV. I should turn that down. There is a couple things uh, worth discussing, though, at least. Did you see how pissy he got? Oh, absolutely. He I'm said he's not mad. Oh, you got pussy. pussy. <laughs> <laughs> you got pissy. You're like, I was like, come on, man. You're back in here and you go. <sighs> and you close the computer and then you just <laughs> stormed out. Yes, you did. You, you, uh, did he not do that? When you I left, not? you were disappointed. You were like, oh, fine. fine. Because you were very excited about this whole setup. I and you had it all worked excited. out. And I worked hard on it. Came this. in here. He's like a director. He's got his buttons. He was showing me yesterday before we went on there, like, look, if you press this button, I can switch between cameras. I can do this. It's very cool. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Now, the audio audio didn't work for Laszlo, which I feel like is kind of important. Yeah, Yeah, I'm trying to figure uh, that out. That's the last issue. Yeah, yeah, just a small issue. We'll figure that out. But otherwise, man, looking good. Looking good, buddy. Thank you. And he does seem excited now that you let him back in here. Mm -hmm. Just figured that out. Smile back. Okay, I know people are upset about the World Cup being held in Qatar or Qatar, depending on who's saying it. I hear I've been there. Journalist. Oh, you have? I I really have. Well, I I feel like I never heard of it until I don't know what was like ten years ago when suddenly it became this hugely wealthy wealthy nation. I don't know where the money was tied up before, but I mean building skyscrapers at an insanely 
fast rate and getting all these uh, international things to come. I think they got like uh, Formula One and they obviously won the bid for the World Cup. And people were furious about the World Cup thing. Then Netflix releases that documentary or docu-series within the last week, right? Mm-hmm. About a week ago. Mm-hmm. Which I, I'll be honest. I tried to watch. I turned it on. I was like, man, I get it. I know that FIFA's corrupt. I've seen the, I've seen that story. That's I've, why I haven't watched it. Cause I get it. Seen so many things about FIFA being mm-hmm. corrupt, mm-hmm. and I'm not like a. I'm not going to World Cup games. I'm not a huge World Cup person, so I don't get worked up about what's going on over at FIFA. I didn't even know that the United States was the one who lost out in that bid. That they thought they were supposed to get it. To be honest, I, I didn't know that. But the the main things where they're saying, look, you know, it's 106 degrees there, average temperature at the time that these games would be played. They don't have the infrastructure. Then there's allegations they were bringing over indentured servants, basically. And really? get, oh yeah, and there's video of them living in these horrible uh, conditions, and then they just send them out there and work them. And they talk about you know trying to figure out how many people have died building these stadiums. Mm-hmm. For the World Cup, there's plenty of different specials about this stuff. They probably cover it in the Netflix thing. I didn't get that far, but the most important thing today, I see now. This is news. Qatar had made an agreement, I guess, with FIFA that hey, even though we're a strict uh, Muslim nation, we will allow alcohol at the games. Okay, because you know, I'm guessing FIFA's like, you got it. We need booze sponsors, and people are going to want to drink at the games, and it's probably part of how they make their money. That booze on the naval base, what I'm saying. Did they? Yeah. Didn't you say, where was it that, are there countries where they say you just can't drink in public, but you can drink, like it's legal to drink at home? It sounds like that's what they were saying the law is in Qatar, that maybe, if I is understood that it right. you had the cab driver? You're like, I know there's right. here. I remember you yeah, telling that, that story. Hotel room. That could have been, but that might have been Bahrain. Okay. It gets confused. There's like, you go down here, it's like the United Arab Emirates, and then Qatar, and then Bahrain. And I think... And then Kuwait. So, yeah. I'm going to guess I was in Qatar then. That was like during Ramadan, right? Yeah, it was during Ramadan. and But you didn't necessarily... He, he wasn't saying it was legal. It was more like a speakeasy sort of thing. I can find Oh, it you was a speakeasy. Uh, okay. Yeah, he, like I had to go to the 19th floor and knock three times, and they let me in. Well, I could be wrong about the Qatar rules. A bunch rules. of Qatarians. <laughs> but it's... A bunch of Qatards. <laughs> okay. I don't know what they're called. Qatardians? Qatardians? Katarin sounds good. Okay, yeah, Katarians or Katarins. Uh, so I see on the news this morning big news involving the World Cup. I mean, I feel like this is big news. Here's Snowcone. It's a good thing you turned on that computer. Just two days before the start of the World Cup tournament in Qatar, FIFA announced this morning that beer will be banned at all games. That last-minute reversal comes after intense negotiations between league officials and the host nation, a conservative Muslim country where public consumption of alcohol is banned. Budweiser, a major tournament sponsor, had planned to sell beer in designated areas outside the stadiums before and after each game. Now the company will be allowed to serve only its non-alcoholic beer. You know, Budweiser's like, where are we going to get all this non-alcoholic beer? We only make one six-pack per liquor store. For Slim. (laughs) Right, for Slim. What are we going to do? There's no way we can stock all this. What are all the people who are going there? Like, people travel? Like, you know, what are the Irish people going to do? They pay big money to get tickets to go to these games. Yeah, they want to drink and be hooligans. Yes. And I I know some people had boycotted it because they didn't like that it was there. But for the people who didn't, and they're like, look, I like soccer. This is a chance. Maybe they've got a kid, and they say, hey, this is the last chance to, for me and my kid to go well, to the World then, Cup okay, together. Then you don't have you know, to have beer, is. but what about the eight guys who I'm saved saying, for 12 years yeah. to go to the World Cup because uh, you know that's the only thing they watch in Scotland? Yeah, 
Uh, and now they get their guitar, and they're like, sorry, we have non-alcoholic Budweiser. <laughs> right. Like, what? That's what I'm saying. Whatever the reason this is sucks. you went, this sucks. What a... There's no way that they would about you sucks. People can be sucks. human rights The women are issues. all covered up. Right. <laughs> Nothing sexy going on. Right. Non-alcoholic beer. You're telling me all these people died building this thing. Why don't we do paid? it here again? Right. You'd really know how to throw a party, Cutter. Wow. We'll be back. Can we just do this every... You know what? Why even right. have bids? We'll just keep coming back. They call you the Vegas of the Middle East, you assholes. <laughs> right. Yet, after everything... And there's been so many 60-minute specials and all these different documentaries about what's been going on there leading up to the World Cup and these people who were supposedly dying and basically enslaved. But I feel like the news that's really rocked the world now is no booze. Once you say no booze, people are like, yeah. okay, well, look. I don't know if this other stuff well, about the human rights stuff was... Right. You, you can't have a big soccer sporting event. You really can't have a big sporting event where you're asking people to come from all over the world for this big sporting competition and not be drinking. That's 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 what fans do. Yeah. They drink. I, I I mean, there's colleges that don't do it, but right, right. But, but you kind of yeah. know that right. going in, you got to drink before you get there. You pregame, right. you drink in the parking lot. It sounds like that's not going to be even possible possible there. there. So you can't just go buy a six pack somewhere. And Budweiser, what they were showing this morning on the news, and I don't know if this is well. If you're going to the World Cup, I'll tell you, find a cab. Yeah. And when the guy says there's no drinking, just keep telling them, God damn it. That's exactly my words exactly. <laughs> God damn it! I know you can't tell me that no one anywhere in this country isn't drinking right now. He's like, no one. I'm like, I don't believe you. He's like, no one. It's Ramadan. I'm like, I said, I know. We have Easter where I'm from. Somebody's drinking on Easter. You got to find me the person who's drinking during Ramadan. And he drove me out to a hotel. And said, go to the 19th floor, knock three times. Open up the door, just filled with Miller Lite. Like eight dudes in a, a whole hotel room filled with Miller Lite. No uh, like password necessary or anything? No. Like, all right, I saw the cab driver told me to come here. Look at all of these Budweiser stands. You know, it's just, uh, just, empty. just tents set up everywhere to sell Budweiser. And now they got to find, I mean, I doubt they're going to actually put uh Budweiser. I wonder if they pulled their sponsorship, though. Well, right. Could they? It seems like, I mean, I know it's only a couple days away. Does it start tomorrow or Sunday? I don't know. She said it's only a couple days away. So I would think if you're the liquor sponsor and you were told that you could sell booze there, you should be able to get that money back. FIFA should owe you that money back. Yeah, they should. But that doesn't change the people who already paid for all their flights and hotels and they're there now and they're like, oh, man, we're going to do this whole thing sober. Because for a lot of people, even if they love the game, there's also probably a lot of people who love the game because it's a I don't good know time why people drink. want to go over there anyway. I mean, look, I know it's changed since I went there, but my God. I wouldn't want to go. It was horrible. It's so goddamn. I mean, it was horrifying. I wouldn't want to go. I mean, it's it's very strict. I have no idea what my rights are. I see the press right. getting beat up over there this week just trying to report on the World Cup. They're not even complaining. They were sitting outside the stadium like, here we are. And then four guys roll up on a golf cart and start trying to break the camera. Mm-hmm. They're like, what the hell? We've got our badges. What's going on? Yeah, it doesn't no. seem like a hospitable place no. for someone like me or you. You know, that pink hat over there, I think, alone. Yeah. Get you killed. You roll in there with that thing. I don't know why, but I feel like you wouldn't be safe. But yeah, I wouldn't want to go there. If your kid was like, look, Dad, I really, really, really want to go to the no. World Cup one time, and this yeah. would be the prime age, no. I just think you say, sorry, not, kid. No. It's in no. Qatar. No. I, I, I can't do it. We're not doing it. it. It's like the Brittany Griner thing. You know, it's like, I, I, I'm afraid that if I go over there, I'm going to end up exactly. in a prison and not know how to get out. And not know not be able to get who to get a hold of. Right. If they can't get Brittany Griner out of Russia, what are my chances in 
Qatar. Yeah, no. Not very good. Not good yeah, at, at all. At least you're in jail in Russia. It's cold. Right. Man, I can't imagine being in jail when I was... I mean, I'm t- I've never been... Hot. Man, I've lived in Florida. I've lived in hot places. It is so goddamn hot there. Right. I mean, they said average was 106. And it's a hot 106. Let's see. Not a dry heat, boys. It but, is hot. Let's see what they say the uh, forecast is. You know what? Oh, no. It didn't give me... How I, are I, soccer I, players playing in that? That's... I, I don't totally know. Did they end up building some sort of climate control now? stuff? And for, Let's see. And I don't imagine, know what city they're, they're in. They're having to play soccer? No. Like run around? fighting a war. No cone. Okay. <laughs> Can't imagine having to play soccer. Okay. I don't know what this stretch. This says it's ninety. <laughs> Me, my God. Can't imagine. The Church of Laszlo. Yo. What are you doing? Oh man, I'm trying to follow this Taylor Swift thing. What a debacle, huh? Well, I don't know. You were just talking to me about it. I did. And I was not paying attention. I heard my girlfriend and uh, her sister talking about it this morning. Just yelling. I heard one of them saying, Ticketmaster needs to get their ass together. And I've got a buddy who's been texting me because he kept asking if I could get Taylor Swift tickets for his mom. And I was like, no, I don't, you know, I don't get Taylor Swift tickets. And he's like, well, I've heard they're going to be hundreds of dollars. I asked our boss, who does work for a station or run a station that plays Taylor Swift, he right. said that tickets were supposed to be like 65 bucks for the cheapest ones and then like hundreds of dollars if you want to sit up in the front. But that face value, they were like 65 bucks. I guess what happened was they go on sale. Right. There's a pre-sale for her fan club. They sold, I heard this morning, 2 million tickets and that that was a record. But there was a problem with bots. There was a problem with people not being able to get their tickets and they had to shut the whole thing down. And Taylor Swift put out this long statement about how she's very protective of her fans and she's very angry about all this. She says uh, there are multiple reasons why people have such a hard time, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't even write her own music. Well, that leads us into... I know. I did it on purpose. I know you did. Uh, What was that guy's name? Who was it? Oh, it was a guy from Blur, right? Yeah. Yeah, Remember when they got in a fight when Taylor Swift and him got into a Remember it. I started it. (laughs) Yeah. Lazo's the troll (laughs) who gets these things going. And uh, I don't know, how long ago did we talk about that? A year ago? Two years ago? Something like that? Something like that. Something like that. And anyway. we're going to play it. Coming up. The Church, the Church of Laszlo. Yo! Yo! All right, what's going on? I want to get your guys' take on this. I think it's funny that we're still trying to figure out who drove me around. I know. I in Detroit. This whole time since... It's a long career of having people drive me around. But you know what? Uh, look, you're still on radio. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. The guy who drove me around in Detroit? Still, still there, radio, right? Got an yeah. office right across from you, right, Julia? Yep. There you go. See, a job creator. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I look, I'm drunk. Community. I'm gonna need a ride. <laughs> you can That's put that on your resume. <laughs> job creator cultivates community. <laughs> That's right. Like, Lifelong bonds. I like that. Where Lazo. people Google me to see if I'm dead. <laughs> and you're trying to look him up, like who the hell is this guy? Which means I would assume that you guys were never like all that close. Yet somehow... No, it doesn't sound like from his end of the story they were that close either. Well, then, I just like to imagine a scenario where Lazo, like, the day that he met him... Maybe we got off at the same time or something. Yeah, Yeah, from from what he said, what I I picture is, like, you guys probably got off your shifts at the same time and Lazo was like, drive me home. Yeah, yeah. And this guy told you when he was asking, like, is that Lazo? I thought he was dead. And you said, yeah, you know him. He told you that... Lazo, what it, that he remembered about him was that he was kind of a mess. Did he say he that? didn't use the words mess? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember how he phrased it. But, but if people um, are curious. I worked in Detroit, lived in Detroit for a long time, 
and I worked in the same building that Julie is in. We all live in different states here. And I worked there, and uh, we were on the air, and this guy comes in to Julie, and she goes, is that Laszlo? And you said yes, right? And he said, uh... Well, he didn't know you as Laszlo. Right, right, right. So when yes. he heard the show, he couldn't figure out why your voice was so familiar. Right. Googled you and then, like, saw your government name and mm-hmm. knew you as that. And then it, he was like, oh, my God, he's alive. So yeah. he thought you were dead. <laughs> and then also, like, I used to give that guy a ride. Like, well, I wonder how big this group is of the used to give Lazo a ride. But you know what, though? Instead of worrying about. I love the fact that he thought I was dead, though. That's pretty funny. It doesn't yeah. get much better than that. But also, you know what? The well, good, also, since I left Detroit, I think it's good. I mean, I'm back on the air now, and I love being there. But, you know, I have a different name. I think it's, you know, it doesn't hurt me to think that everyone I knew the last time I lived in Detroit thinks I'm dead. Sure. Like, just let that stay. I, I honestly <laughs> like the fact that your voice is so haunting. That he's just like, wait he's a second. Like, where am I? I mean, I used to know a guy sounded just like him. I gave him rides, but he's been dead for a long time. <laughs> he's been dead for 20 years. We should also take from this, though, that Lazo did not drive around without a license. He asked for a ride. I and I think that's very, that's that true. is very yeah. commendable. Right? That's, that's well, good. Well, you didn't have Uber back then. Very right. noble. Yes, it is. He, he knew he needed a ride, and rather than just try and drive around illegally, he asked someone yeah. with a driver's license to drive him around. And I think you know that's what I should take from this, not whether or not we'd still be here or if I'd be here, if yeah. you'd be here, if uh, you know you didn't Well, you're the one having an then. existential crisis. Well, it happens it. late at night, Julia, when I'm in bed, and I start to think about that stuff, and I go, it makes sense now when I called him that first time, and he said, how old are you? Are you in school? Do you have a driver's license? I thought this was getting to know me. And then also, like, do you have a way to get to work? He was asking, like, this could be great. He's like, do you have clean pee? <laughs> right. Do you have clean urine then? Yeah, Would you be comfortable putting in a cup for me, let's say, once a month? And we don't necessarily know the day more than a couple days in advance. You know what? Who cares? Oh, that's fine. The guy needed to write it. He needed to write it. And it is what it is. I want to know your guys' take on the celebrity feud, the artist feud between... Uh, Taylor Swift, you, you know where I'm going with this, no. and Damon Albarn from uh, oh, yeah. Blur yeah, yeah. and the Gorillas, and sure. he like he's got a solo album that just came out, and I've seen him on TV promoting it. I saw him like on Kimmel or something the other night, and he's been doing press about the album. And during one of these interviews, he apparently said that basically Taylor Swift doesn't write her own songs. I mean, that's he said it now. He talks about the difference between writing and then getting a co-writing credit. Taylor mm-hmm. Swift was upset by this. She responded and said, like, I consider myself such a huge fan. I'm such a huge fan of yours, which I'm like, okay, maybe. I don't know. And then, but probably not. But then also, uh, you know, now I'm disappointed in you. Why would you say that? He responds by saying, like, look, I agree completely. I did an interview. I regret it now because it was taken out of context so that they could use it as clickbait. Okay. Right. So that was his defense. Like, they just did it, you know, to make it, make it look bad. Well, the problem is, is that the LA Times was like, uh, we can just show the transcript of the whole interview. I yeah. Don't think oh, I, they came back and said that? Oh, yeah. They came up with the transcript. Well, that's what I thought when he said that, too, because the way that the interview was formatted was, was looked like a transcript. Like, it was question answer. And, and like, said, it was his full answer. It wasn't written like an article. And one of the things he he said, like, uh, you know, what do I think? Like, Billie Eilish, exceptional, something like that. And then Taylor Swift doesn't write her own songs. Now, 
maybe they could have taken that out of context or whatever. But when he accused them of that, they came back and said, here it is. We weren't doing anything clickbait. I mean, you said it. So the quote is, I know what co-writing is. Co-writing is very different to writing. I'm not having, I'm not hating on anybody. I'm just saying there's a big difference between a songwriter and a songwriter who co-writes. Now, I will say, I'm not like a massive Taylor Swift fan. I like some of her music. I'm just well-versed in knowing her situation because I work in Top 40. She is the sole writer on most of on like a majority of her music. I would say one of her most recent albums I know is when she started writing with other people. But prior to that, it was just her. It was, she was the only one that had credit on any yes. of those songs? Yeah. I'm looking at the song credits now just for that folklore album. And she's credited for every song, but so is the guy from The National. Well, that's um, the one right. that she started writing with. Okay, and then Jack on. Antonoff does a ton of I songs. Remember, yeah. That's too. the one that but I But now remember. if you go back to like and Justin Vernon, 1989, or 1989 or one of her other albums, right. it's just her. Right. And then like the early country stuff was probably just her, Yeah, right? Yeah. I think she was saying her most recent album's... Folklore and the other one she put out were the first time working with co-writers. Right. Well, if you go to Billboard magazine, they have a story on it, and you can look at it. It is uh, how many? Fifty-four songs she's written by herself. Yeah. And that's the list of them. I don't know if any. I don't know any of her songs, so I'm not saying <clears throat> I'm not making a judgment one way or the other. But the outside should have said no. Our song. Are these good songs? We know these songs. They're her massive hits. Yeah, right. I'm looking at 1989 and every song has co-writers. But I mean, I oh, but I assume well, she, you know, is the main writer. And well, and he made it sound talented. like she was she was credited as co-writer, right? I mean, that's definitely what he's implying. There's a difference between writing songs and then getting co-writing she, credit. For the yeah, but like I said, I mean, I believe she for the majority because I remember here like I don't know what I watched of her, but they were saying it was up until a more recent album she was the only one writing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be. I, like, when it comes to that stuff, though, I always kind of think, like, you know, that's kind of like saying eight There's also a lot of going into that if you produce, like, a record. So people do it differently. Like, there are some bands or writers, right, mm-hmm. yeah. who will say, okay, I wrote 88% of this song. Right. You wrote 10% of this song, and you wrote 2% of the song. Mm-hmm. And they split the publishing up that way, right? Or or sometimes, like, I've I've watched documentaries where an artist will be writing a song and they'll say, hey, what's a good word for this? And they'll just give their friend a writing credit. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and right. Or there are times where you could have a band and the band will say, hey, we're going in the studio 25% for all four of us. Uh-huh. Because what you don't want, and sometimes you'll have managers work this out for them, what you don't want is someone to say, let's not use that line. That's not my line. Mm-hmm. I want more writing credit. Yeah. So let's just make sure we go on this. It's 25% each, and we use the best ideas mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe not the best idea, but the lead singer wants more writing credit, right. so they pick something else to use or mm-hmm. rewrite it. So or if someone... I don't think it's an exact science on how they do it anyway. A lot of people interpolate or sample... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Kind of writing, like Beyonce interpolated Yeah, 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 so they have credit on one of her songs. Well, in the last Strokes album, it seemed to me, now I don't know exactly what was going on behind right. the scenes, but it seemed to me like they knew this song kind of like sounds like Psychedelic Furs, this song kind of right. sounds like Billy yeah, Idol. The and they just went ahead and said, 
you know, written by or co-written by. Right. I don't remember yeah. if it was yeah. like co-written. Yeah, Billy Idol's on the credits for some of the songs. And Psychedelic, and Psychedelic Furs. Furs as well. And I just assume that they're like, we know this kind of sounds somewhat similar. And also, one of the things I was reading the other day, it might have been the thing you sent to me, Laz, was yeah. that ever since that uh, Alan Thicke's son, Robin yes. Thicke, got sued by Marvin Gaye's estate right. and lost, that there's... A lot of fear right there or right now still about are we going to get sued? Is someone going to say this sounds too similar? Right. So I assumed that maybe a band like The Strokes just says, we know that hook sounds sort of similar to a well, song. Well, it was obvious, there. though. Well, some of them are really obvious, yeah. 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 But, I mean, there's been a lot of songs we go, we've spent our whole uh, time sure. together listening to music going, who is that? What is that song? Oh, right. yeah, it sounds like that song. So uh, the interview, when, he, when they put out the... Uh, well, first of all, her response. I'm sure you saw her response, Julia. She said, At Damon, uh, I was such a big fan of yours until I saw this. I write all, all caps, my own songs. I write all my own songs. Your hot take is so completely false and so damaging. You don't have to like my songs, but it's really effed up to try and discredit my writing. Wow. Then she added, P.S. I wrote that tweet all by myself in case you were wondering. Hmm. Ooh, hmm. shots fired. So in the interview, when I read it, they said, the interview is asking, you think uh, a lot of modern musicians are relying on sound and attitude? And he said, name me someone who's not. And the interview says, well, she may not be your taste, but Taylor Swift is an excellent songwriter. He responds, she doesn't write her own songs. Then they say, of course she does. She co-writes some of them. And he says, that doesn't count. I know what co-writing is. Co-writing is very different than writing. I'm not hating on anyone. I'm just saying there's a big difference between a songwriter who writes and a songwriter who co-writes. Doesn't mean the outcome can't be really great. He might be right, though. I mean, without those songs that, that they said she got all the writing credit for, there could be, like, she would get writing credit if, like, say, in Nashville, they have all these songs that are written by all these people, right? And, you know, people go in there, that's what they do. They just write songs. They're Uh never going to perform them. They're Uh not in bands. We just write songs. Uh And then you hire people to find those songs for you and say, oh, this will work for you. But if they gave you a song, I I really can't name any of her songs, but whatever it is, if they gave her a song and then she had that song and reworked just a little bit of it in the studio and was like, yeah, I love this, but if we change the course of this just a little bit and move the bass line here, it would really feel like me. But the song is, you know, the skeleton is there. Right. She would get a writing credit right. for that. I watched that Netflix thing with her, and I watched her write these songs. Yeah. And Jack Antonoff will be sitting next to her and will say, you know, hey, what do we do this? So she yep. writes the majority right. of it. So when he says, I know how songwriting works or whatever, well, you may know how it works for some time, but it didn't work. That may yeah. not have worked like it's that for her. For right. It's different for everybody. That's in what I'm her saying. Entire career since she was 15 years old, she's been known for being a songwriter. Right. And that's what's made her her. Right. But okay, so she is a pop star. We agree with that. Like I know she started country sure. or whatever, but it was fairly pop, and now she's full pop star. When you have a pop star that's at that level that you know generates that much revenue for a record label, makes that much money, sells that many tickets, I every pop star I can think of. Over the years, when they're that big, there are so many different songwriters that people will hire to say, we want this, sure. or we want a piece of this, because they need these songs to all be hits, because there's a lot expected right. of this person. It is a little shocking to me that she writes so many big pop songs. It doesn't mean that it's not possible, though. I just, I wouldn't have been mad at her well, if she there's didn't. a list of 54 without anybody else's credit, and like we said, there's probably yeah. a list of 50 more where she wrote the majority of it, and Jack was like, yeah, but do this with the beat. That's what I think. Right? Like, so yeah. here's the thing, though. She's clearly talented. Exactly. She clearly writes 
most of her own songs, if not all of them, right? She says all of them, so I have no reason to not believe her. Uh-huh. So she writes all her own songs. She does it. That's the thing we talked about, and we talk about it all. We try to talk about it. When someone like Taylor Swift reaches that amount of success, right, and does something, there's always someone who's going to want to take it from them. Yeah, of course. You don't deserve that. You don't do that. And they try to take what she earned. She earned that. Right. She wrote those songs. She is what now I don't I don't listen to her, but she earned where she is. She got that. She wrote those songs. She made those songs. She sang those songs. She deserves it. Yeah. And it bothers me that he would try to take it. Yeah, it seems bizarre. Like, don't take it. It seems bizarre that someone so out of her genre, like not mm-hmm. even her direct peer, is acting like that. Mm-hmm. That's who you don't you kind of like it? That was my final question. And I'm not like the world's biggest Blur fan or Gorillaz fan. I don't dislike those bands, but I'm I don't consider myself like a big fan. And and I listened to the new solo thing. I was curious. I'm okay. I will say it looks very good for his age. Still looks very cool. But I'm not like a big fan. But I kind of like that he's you know there's some shots fired. I'm not saying it's like Kurt Cobain you versus Axl Rose. Or, well, I just like that someone who's a rock star is acting a little pretentious. Yeah. Just because I'm not his biggest fan, sometimes it's nice to see yeah, a Yeah, but there could have been like, a million uh, different people that he could have picked, except for the up. one who wrote her own goddamn songs. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, I get it when he was fighting with Oasis. Right. But I, he must when you say really, Taylor really... Swift doesn't write her own songs, I think he just assumed it. I, that's what I think. I think yeah. he has no idea. He right. thought she's a pop star. She's. I, I'm being honest. She's a woman. Yeah. Right? They probably, they, she's, she is a put. She, someone put her in there and wrote yeah. songs for her, and, and that's who she is. She doesn't write her own songs. She's not a musician. And he said that, and then people were like, yeah, but there are people who are like that, but that ain't her. Mm-hmm. And I think now he's like, well, I didn't mean to say it. And they're like, no, you meant to say it, oh, his but, you spoke, so but you spoke without knowing. Right. You didn't know. A better response for him would have been when he saw better the response would have been, I didn't know. Well, yeah. and he also I apologize. Say- I didn't know. You know what I thought? Yeah. I thought she was a really cute teenage girl who used to do country songs and now does pop songs. And I don't like the music. When I heard it, this sounds manufactured to me. Exactly. And I didn't love it. But you know what? What? Look at that. I'm wrong. She wrote all those that songs. That would have been way better to just say, like, I'm well, just not a fan response. of that stuff. Right. Well, except he gave a different response, which no, is, right, yeah. oh, it was clickbait. Well, it's the only right it. response. And the LA Times is like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll just print no, it. It's not. The Church of Laszlo. What are you doing? Nothing. Still reading about, now I'm reading about Springsteen and Taylor Swift. What are you doing? Nothing. Hey, that Great Recession. No, no, the great, uh, what do they call it? The great... Uh, recession? No, when people started quitting uh, their jobs. The great uh, resignation. Mm. The great resignation. I heard they're now calling that the great regret because uh, people are trying to go back to work and they can't find jobs. So probably a good thing we didn't, uh, you know, because we talked, we talked about getting out of here. We had some pretty <laughs> oh, stiff yeah. demands and we were like, you know what? Oh, yeah. We could go do other things. The great resignation. There's a lot of jobs out there. This is a great resignation and maybe we want to be a part of it. Yeah, no. Well, do you remember there was that interview with the guy who was the anti-work guy on Fox News? A long time ago, and we talked about oh, yeah, it, yeah, and yeah. you blasted that guy yeah, from yes, Fox. Yes, Even though most people were making fun of the anti-work right. guy, you blasted the guy from Fox. So that's uh, a segment that Snowcone has pulled up for us to play from the archives today. Let's listen to it. The Church of Laszlo. All right, anti-work. Anti-work. So that's no, a anti-work. popular subreddit. It's our anti-work, <laughs> and it's in a bit of turmoil. 
because earlier this week there was an interview on Fox News with one of the moderators of Anti-Work. Now, if you've never been to our Anti-Work, it's a lot of memes and, and just you know grievances, sometimes links to articles, about how Americans are overworked, about how other countries have better rules in place to protect workers, like not being able to check their work email after hours, or how Americans are undercompensated. It's too much expected of them. With all this technology, it should have made our lives easier, but instead we're working even more. All those types of gripes, right? right? Now, for people, a lot of people left of center, they probably agree with this for the most part. But there are okay. a lot of people on the right and probably even a few that are slightly left of center who go, eh, this seems kind of communist. It sounds kind of like, you know, Bolshevik, like communist okay. Russia sort of propaganda. And some of it, uh, I sort of agree. You know, some of it is like we should never have to work. So they're all different. Each one's different. But the main theme is that. We're overworked, we're underpaid, we're undervalued, and our quality of life is poor because we work too much. So the right, or at least media that is friendly to the right, has started to become aware of this subreddit. And I even saw a couple weeks ago the New York Post wrote an article about how this labor shortage is probably because of Reddit's anti-work subreddit. Which they say, you know, look at how many subscribers they have. They do have over a million subscribers, but it's hard to believe that that would be the reason alone for the labor shortage. But the right has found this, uh, you know, story and and grabbed it and used it kind of as virtue signaling or whatever. Look at what people on the left want, as if this one subreddit is reflective of everyone who's not conservative. So on Fox News the other night, they bring a moderator from this subreddit onto the show. Now, the Fox News host is Jesse Waters, which if you don't... If you don't know the name, if you look him up, he's new, and you'll probably recognize him because he's on a lot now. And in the interview, uh, he talks to this moderator. Now, I don't know how they get a hold of the moderator. I've heard stories that other moderators and other Redditors told this mod, don't go on Fox News. But the interview aired, and then afterwards, Reddit was running some headlines that said, what did they say, like, last laugh, Redditor gets the last laugh? Redditor gets the last laugh on Fox News. Right. Now, I get it. You want to try and spend things your way, but I don't think in this entire interview that I listened to, there's even a clip that you could pull out of context where it sounds like the Redditor got the last laugh. It didn't go well for him. I think we can all agree, whether you love anti-work or hate it, I think this is one thing we could agree on. This Redditor didn't do a great job. So I'm going to play you a little clip from the interview just to give you an idea of how things went. Uh, sure. I mean, I think as much as people want, I mean, I personally, uh, work, I have, I have like a 20, 25 hour work weeks, which I think is fairly good. Um, so I would like less work hours. Um, and what I do you do, Doreen? Uh, I'm a dog walker. A dog walker. Okay. Yes. And how? Uh, yeah. now you have to understand that when he says a dog walker, okay, that Waters, right. the Fox News guy, is smiling and kind yeah. of chuckling. And when he asks this next question, ever think about wanting to do more than being a dog walker? He takes his fist and kind of, right. you know, let's go get him, Tiger. So he's obviously being condescending. So how I old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Sure, I'm 30. You're 30. Okay. And is there something you want to do besides being a dog walker? Do you aspire to do anything more than dog walking? Or is that kind of your... Your pinnacle. Uh, I, I love working with dogs. If I had to do this for the rest of my life, you know, I wouldn't be super complaining. You know, dogs are wonderful animals. Uh, but I'm, I would love to teach. Uh, I would love to, um, you teach. know, uh, work, with, work with people and well, stuff like that. What would that. you yeah. teach, Dorian? Uh, a philosophy, mostly. Philosophy. Just introduction to philosophy, critical thinking, reason, stuff like that. Okay. That's bad. Well, this I would is love to thing. take your class, Doreen. 
I would just be taking notes the whole time. And you know what? A professor's a very similar schedule than something that you're imagining. So I think that actually might might work perfectly for you. Listen, uh, I think this might not be the greatest idea, but who am I to judge? To each their own, they say. It's a free country. Sure. Not everything's sure. free. Uh, you know. But it is a free country. Thank you so much. Sure. Got- That's how it is. Like, okay, thank you so much. Good right. luck on your philosophy. So there's no point, even before that, when they're doing the introduction, and he kind of says, so you don't believe in work or whatever. Dorian does say, uh, it's not that I don't believe in work. I just believe that, you know, we should right. work less or whatever. He's like, okay, well, what would be a good schedule? Do you work? He says, yeah, I work about 20 hours a week. And then that's when he says, I'm a dog walker. So... This was not, uh, I think most people would agree, not a big win for the our anti-work publicity team or whatever it is, right? It wasn't a great look. I don't like this guy from Fox News. I don't really know that much about him other than I see him a lot lately. But I have to laugh when he's laughing at this guy because he's got him. I mean, oh, dog walker. And yeah, the guy, it's condescending, you know what, though. Man, he knew. He, he exactly. He, he knew, knew what he was getting he knew, into. He knew who he contacted. He know he knew what moderator he contacted. He knew when they set him up. Look at the lighting. He knew that this guy wasn't prepared for it. Oh, he's he in his dirty that, bedroom. He knew that he right. It was all a setup. He knew that he was going to be better at it than him, and then he took it to him. And so you know, I'm not like so impressed with you, Jesse Waters, and. Uh, you know, yeah, it's a bad look, but it doesn't mean that that guy represents the ideas of the anti-work movement. Yeah, and it looks to me like, again, to me, I didn't think it was all that funny. To me, it looked to me like you set this kid up. And you know what? It's not. You're a Fox News show. Mm-hmm. That's not news. Mm-hmm. And so what you did, I kind of feel, is inappropriate. It was definitely I feel like you took it. You, yeah, it was condescending. You took advantage of this kid. And that's fine. Look at it the last, you know, when they take other people on from Reddit and they put them on, and those guys do great, they'll never show that again. Nobody ever talks about it. When deep effing value went in and talked and just smoked people, oh, just, demolished. just demolished them. And when, you know, Trace Trades goes on Christopher Payne's show and talks about stuff and just demolishes them, they don't talk about that. This is the media feeding us one dude who was not prepared to be the spokesperson for that movement. And Fox's intent, or at least his intent, was clear. They're trying to discredit this. Yes, moderator. and that's why they found to that guy. The movement, but it's because they've been talking about this so much in a negative light. Right? Look at these com- these communist sentiments right. that are I mean, being shared. And now there's over a million subscribers. But the idea that our anti-work, which by the way I subscribe to, I subscribe to a lot of subreddits. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when when I see these. Uh, you know, publications blaming the labor shortage on the subreddit. That is laughable. It's laughable. And the thought that all of these people are communists, whether they know it or not, is also laughable. And one more thing, the fact that they think that me as a subscriber, I agree with everything, which is what they imply. There's one and a half million people. Don't you feel like they're just giving the personifying this movement rather than saying what it actually is is that you know you're not paying enough the hours whatever right they didn't talk about anything that went in there they just decided to make fun of this one guy who clearly stepped over his skis and if you can make this summer that was it and that's the guy he was winning way over skis and they knew it going in it's something i would do i'm being honest like it's something i would do as a joke 
Right? You get this guy on who's doing an interview who's clearly unqualified we've for the interview, it. and you know it beforehand. Yeah, we've done it before. Right. And that's not news? No, it's definitely not news, but that's not surprising from you know right. Fox or maybe even some other cable news networks. A lot of non-news right. that they spend their time. they got to fill 24 hours, and there ain't 24 hours worth of news. So they do this sort of thing. But this whole movement, the whole uh, uh, anti-work subreddit, has been around since like 2013. It took off because of COVID-19, right? right. That's when it got really popular, and suddenly the press realized, oh, look, what's this? What's Reddit? Well, they what's- also started talking about it because people, you know, yeah, it's labor because shortages. of COVID, because of labor shortage. Exactly. Right. So that's when this thing took off, and then it became just this rallying cry for a lot of outlets and a lot of people on the right, which... To tie into this, because I, I kind of assumed that you would say the things that you said about this story. It, this this Doreen was an easy target mm-hmm. in over their head, right? The whole thing, the, the dirty bedroom, uh, the Fox News guy knew this is easy yeah. money. Easy, easy money. And uh, because I'm so uncomfortable watching it, I laugh. It, and it's not because I love what they're doing or that I love Fox right. News. It's because... It's awkward, and so I'm kind of laughing. Like, you've got this guy. Right. Now, whether or not you should have had him in the first place, that's up for debate. But you did. You managed to find this person, and you got him. I want to know what you think about this other big labor controversy with Billie Eilish. Have you heard about this today? No. So Billie Eilish is under fire for hosting a fan art contest, which she obviously would not be the first celebrity or musician to do some sort of fan art contest. Hell, I think we've done fan art contests in the past in our job. Uh, And it's something that she did with uh, Adobe. So, and actually the rules, the the small fine print in her... sponsored by them or whatever. Yeah, and her her rules are actually nicer than a lot of them because a lot of times when a company or someone does this fan art thing, they say every single submission automatically becomes our property. Now, in the Billie Eilish thing, from what I've read, they've said if you win, then it's our property. But just sending it doesn't automatically give us the rights to it. You still own the rights unless we use it. So it's called Make the Merch Contest, right? And it's created this big backlash on Twitter. So, uh, you know, the main sentiment that that people who are against it, I'll just read you a tweet from one of the most popular tweets that was shared and retweeted. Uh, He, this Chris uh, Hackney guy, responded to her tweet about, hey, we're doing a fan art thing. He said, no. Pay artists to design something. Sure. The rules of these kinds of contests prey on your love for the celebrity and require that you sign away the rights to your art so the celebrity and company can make money off of it without compensating you. It's theft. Say no. I'm torn on this one. I really am. Why? Because, how, because getting your... I, I definitely understand what this guy is saying. Totally do. But I also understand, like... I understand the grievances that people had with unpaid internships, but I would have never gotten a job without an unpaid internship. So I'm torn on things like that, too. How do I get my foot in the door? And maybe the way that I get noticed for the first time for my art is by winning a contest like this, right? So I have to admit, that's where I lean, like... Yeah, I me too. If I want yeah, to be against this. Yeah, you don't oh, have to. You don't have to send your art into Ooh. the Billie Eilish contest. Yeah, if you agree with the terms and right. you're good with it, then do it. Otherwise, right. then don't. But like. You know, there could be good things that come out of it. Willow is opening up for her on tour. Say Willow sees that design is like, oh, my God, I want to pay this person to do all the artwork for my merch on my tour. Right. And because she's saying we don't own it unless we use it, maybe she even shares like runners up, right? And then people, someone goes, oh, my gosh, look at some of these are really great. Who is this person? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just feel like I totally understand the idea of giving something away for free and how maybe we do that too often. But I also understand that you got to get your foot in the door and as long shot as it is, I feel like these things are one of the ways people can try and get a foot in the yeah, door. Yeah, I agree. 
I do agree. And I'm not the person who did internships. Right. A lot of people in this business do internships and then get their way there. I started out making five bucks an hour and had to drive three hours to work. Right. I never did an internship. I got paid every hour I've ever been. may not be much, but I got paid. But I believe in them. Right. Like, I understand how it works, and I understand the concept of if I created this art and Billie Eilish wanted to use it and I get credit for winning this art, things may come to me that wouldn't have come to me if I wouldn't have won this contest. It's only common sense. Now you have to look at it and go, oh, well, is that worth it to me? If it's not, then don't send your art in. Well, and I think what's unfortunate is people are probably coming pretty hard at Billy in particular for this, right? This has been a contest that's been around forever. Like you were right. saying, like radio stations do it. Yeah, yeah, we did it for stickers and shirts. Yeah, shirts, yeah. design yeah, the shirt. Yeah. Right. And I, again, I, I was, I didn't know where you guys were going to stand on this one, and I was afraid I was going to get attacked for saying that I don't really have a problem with the fan art submission thing. But I do hear what the people who are against it are saying. I do. There was an artist who responded, and she posted a video, uh, you know, replying on Twitter and said, basically, labor costs money. It's hard to make money as a working artist. Someone as big as you could afford to pay someone. And I think also saying maybe you do the contest, but if you win and you use it, maybe instead of just a thousand bucks and a pat on the back or something like that, maybe you. Pay pay what you would pay someone to, if you were commissioning mm-hmm. art from them. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that, but I also just, just like I understand Obama saying, if you work this many hours, you got to get health insurance. Right. But then what happened was a lot of people just were told you can't work. But now you designed Billy Eilish merch and you got that on your resume. Yeah, that's right. my thing. I feel like and that is And you're sending that out when people are like, hey, who's you're a merch designer. You're like, I designed the last Billy Eilish merch. Yeah. That probably gets you more designing for merch jobs. Yeah, for sure. Right. Like, I, you know, I got no problem with that. I, I, it's a huge Hey, it, to me, it's the same there. thing. Like, musicians will say, I'm not going to go to a label. What's a label do? Well, a label gets your music into more people's hands. Right. That's what they do. Well, I don't need that. Well, great. Then just play at a coffee shop and hand tapes between your friends. And I don't mean that in a bad way. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's what you want to do, great. But if you're looking for that jump start, if you're looking for that, yo, I'm going to be the next person, then sometimes you got to do stuff. Right? Yes. Sometimes you got to suck it up and be like, yeah, I should have got paid for that Billie Eilish merch. But I'm going to get paid after that. And I have a feeling that the sentiment over at Anti-Work would be the opposite of ours. So I think this is a good example of, yes, I I subscribe to that subreddit, whatever. But it doesn't mean that I agree. Maybe... Maybe sometimes I don't even understand, and other times I do and just don't right. agree. But with this one, I, I understand, but I think we got to give people a chance. And you're talking about this artist who got so many retweets. She's saying, working artists, it's so hard to make money. It's so hard to get noticed. Wouldn't this contest then be, and I don't, I'm not, she's not here to respond, so I don't know, but right. wouldn't this contest and being a finalist, let alone the winner of this contest, be, be a way for an artist huge, to get noticed? Right. A huge way to get noticed. The Church of Laszlo. Yo, yo. All right, what's going on? What? So, what do you think? You you've been sort of an Eli or Eli Elon defender a little bit uh, in the past when he's come up in the news and we've talked about some of the stuff that he I said that's been him. a little polarizing, like in like naming his kids uh, Xenon four seven three. That wasn't your favorite thing. No, nope. but this whole uh, t- um, Twitter takeover, right? It's just been constant news every day. And then today, the offices are closed. They just oh, I saw that down. in like the laser light show of screw yes. Elon on the walls yeah. or something. Yeah, they yeah. were they were uh, putting stuff up on the building that said like "shut the f up, Elon." And I think Elon's lost it after uh, since he got divorced. Man, takes a toll on you. Oh, you think this is the? I'm telling you, everybody stuff? acts a little crazy immediately after. I mean, 
It did seem in poor taste to do that whole publicity stunt where he came out with the kitchen sink and then he fired people. Like, if you're getting ready to fire people, I would hope our CEO wouldn't, you know, do some media stunt where he's like, here right. it is, we're cleaning up the garbage, where he's spraying, you know, cleaning, <laughs> right. spraying poop off a deck. Like, we're about right. to clean house. And then they were like, you're fired. You're like, well, right. damn it, seriously? That seemed like something you're not supposed yeah. to do, but I don't know anything about how it works. I do know that their office is closed today. Hold on, I have a clip from the news here because he sent out that email saying, hey, look, you're going to. If we're going to start making money, everyone's going to have to start working their asses oh, off. Yeah, and we're going to work five or you long hit hours. Hit this return button or something. And yeah, you you've got quit. until 5 o'clock. And, and I'll give you a three-month severance or something. Yeah, if you don't want to do it, I'll give you your severance. And then people just didn't show up. This morning, the doors at Twitter are locked amid fresh turmoil and a mass employee exodus. Employees told the company's offices will be temporarily closed and badge access will be restricted through Monday, according to CNBC. On Thursday, a fresh wave of resignations rocked Twitter again after billionaire boss Musk sent an email to employees detailing his vision for Twitter 2.0. It read in part, we will need to be extremely hardcore. This will mean working long hours at high intensity. Only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade. All right, so I guess people are like, we're tired of this. We're tired of your attitude and firing people and the way you've been handling this. And so the building was temporarily closed. They said that the badges weren't working and that there's a mass exodus. I see another headline here that looks like it's from within the last couple hours saying that more employees are just quitting, quitting. Which I would assume that if you say, I'm not coming into work today and I'm going to be part of the reason the offices aren't open, isn't that quitting? Seems yeah. like seems like that would be quitting, that you don't really have to announce it if you don't show up to work. But I don't know. I, I don't know how CEO stuff works. I don't know what it's like to be a billionaire. The guy's obviously very smart. He's made a lot of money doing a lot of different things. He, he made Tesla. You know, I know he didn't invent Tesla, but he, he made it a sure. big, shiny SpaceX. company. And, yeah, seemed to make a bunch of money. I don't know if SpaceX makes a bunch of money or not, but seems like they're sending people to space. And isn't NASA's teamed up with them to try and get people to space? So, obviously, that seems like it's somewhat successful. I know they said he overpaid for Twitter. And I've, the main complaint from people that I hear is that he overpaid and also that you just shouldn't be a CEO of that many things at one time. You're really not supposed to be in charge of companies that's Who big on your own. Right. Well, there is no rule. It's right? just talking heads on TV saying, right. you know, well, shouldn't do this. You can't have – CEOs need to be able to dedicate their time to a company as big as Twitter. Do you think – because in this morning I saw an article saying, look, it's not a matter of if now. It's just a matter of when. Twitter is going to fail. I thought, okay, well, everything is going to fail. Well, right, you'll eventually be right once. Right. It's like so, they're right saying Tom Brady will you know, be done and suck. <laughs> right. And saying it for 20 years. Back in 2014 or whenever, yeah. he's like, I promise next year he's going to be a disaster. So I guess, I mean, while. eventually Twitter will but is, fail. But is Twitter like I think there's a-, a chance he can, I, I mean, I, look, I'm not defending him. I think he's acted like an idiot from what I can tell. But I'm just curious. I mean, the guy... Tesla is a pretty big deal. Yeah. He's figured that out. He's always on TV or in the news or South Park's making fun of him. Right? You know, right? It's something it always. His name up there. How? I just don't think he can be doing this without some sort of plan. Some like, sort of idea. Even the firing people and saying, oops, we fired the wrong people. We need you back. Right. Like maybe some sort was... of idea. Could be. Could be. I also wonder, too, kind of like everyone said, Trump didn't actually want to be president back in 2016. He thought that he was going to lose and he would just launch a cable network. I wonder yeah, if he actually but, wanted to buy Twitter. Did he really want it? Cause he, yeah, but if he didn't, I mean, if he didn't and he just got caught in here, why, why start messing with your other brands? Yeah. Just be quiet about it and try to get rid of it. 
and yeah, try to make it better. You wouldn't have to do all this stuff. He's doing. There's a reason here. I gotta believe there's an end game. I get what you're saying. He could still fire people and try and maybe cut he could the do fat. all this and then start making it better and people fall in love with it. I don't know what his plan is. I'm just telling you. I think there's a plan. And I don't think that the charging for the checkmark thing was such a terrible idea. I heard some people explain why it could be a good idea, and it made sense to me because for a lot of big companies, Twitter has a lot of value for them to be able to promote their company across Twitter, and that right. they would be willing to pay. Certain organizations would be willing to pay for that ability to advertise. And if you could get enough of them, it wouldn't be the eight ninety nine mark, but if you could get them to pay a decent chunk of change, which some of them might, sure. then that could really start to turn things around for Twitter's books because apparently they're losing money. But it's just that when you say you're going to do it, then people make fun of it. Then you do it, and then immediately it backfires. Right. And you go, oh, okay, well, we've got people in, impersonating Elon. Okay, so we're not going to do the free speech thing. And then it's like, oh, so, well, now the people bought the blue check marks, and they're pretending to be Tesla, and they're pretending to be Eli Lilly, right. and it's hurting Eli Lilly's stock. <laughs> that was funny. It's so funny. I mean, also, just clever people. Right. If you and I sat here and we're like, we should buy a blue check mark and pretend to be someone. We would never come up with something that would tank a pharmaceutical company's stock the way that those should, clever people did. We should do Nick Wright. And just buy, well, yeah, I wish we still could. Just buy the blue check mark and, and say that we're Nick Wright. Yeah. Yeah, we, could, we should have done that. I mean, it, it could have cost us. Well, we got blue check marks. Can't we just do it? You could, yeah. Well, now they'll, they'll suspend your Twitter. I mean, he did it because they were just, you know, impersonating him. But technically, he says that if you impersonate someone else, then you'll be permanently uh, suspended. But I think if you supposed to be that if you put parody in there and this is all parody, which kind of takes away from the fun of it, then you're supposed to be okay. But one guy put parody in there, that YouTuber, and they still took his away hmm. for good. So I don't know. We missed our Maybe I'll be there. Nick Wright later. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Come up with something. Something good. Something to take Nick Wright's stock down. I don't know why we're trying to take down a friend. Well, let's do that. That's the other thing with us. It's like, how do we take down a pharmaceutical company? Oh, let's go after one of our friends. <laughs> the Church of Laszlo. Yo. Yo. You insecure? Oh, yeah. You shouldn't be. Well, everybody is, right? Well, I don't know. You're beautiful to me. Well, you too. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Good. Look good in that hat. I Thanks, like it man. A lot. What game are you playing? None of your business. Is it the soccer game? No, I'm uh, scrolling through cars for sale. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Boy, that's big news, huh? Yeah, right? Man, oh, man. Got to try and find a car. Right after you got done, didn't you say within the last couple of weeks you had to talk with someone about college, like try to, you know, an advisor or whatever, yeah. to try and get money together for college? My God. And then then like, I'm like, oh, I realized I got to buy a car. Right. Well, you thought your kid had a learner's permit, which means that he can, uh, you know. I'm not exactly sure you. what the law is now. Still trying to figure it out. But it's possible. I'm, I on, think that he can drive to and from school. And I, if that's the case, then he needs a car. I looked it up online. It looks like, it sounds like based on everything you've told me about what he did at school with that driver's ed stuff and then getting his permit, I think he can drive to school. School and work. Got him a car here. 2002 Dodge Dakota. There you go. I don't know what that is. I want that. It's a truck. I want that. (laughs) How much? I'll take it. 600 bucks. Ooh, send that to me, please. Uh, Insecurities. Isn't it things that women are insecure about that men didn't know, or is it the other way around? Yeah, things women are insecure about that we as men don't realize they're insecure about. I think we talked about this, I don't know, a year or two ago. And it's Friday, so we're playing old crap. So we'll play that coming up here in a minute. Yep. The Church of Laszlo. Yo, yo. Okay, so again, uh, trigger warning. This might not be a woke conversation, but I didn't come up with it. The internet did. And it's men revealing... Julia Earmuffs. No, we need Julia on this one. <laughs> men revealing common insecurities women have that men don't pay attention to. 
Okay, I'll tell you if I pay attention to Now, this is also... So part of the reason it's uh, sexist is because it's assuming that women only care about what men think. But okay, you get the idea here, right? So the first thing that guys talked about is freckles. A lot of women are very insecure about their freckles. They try and hide their freckles. And a lot of guys like freckles. And I certainly don't know anyone who says, I hate freckles. My ex had freckles. She hated it. She tried to hide her freckles. I never understood it. I was like, guys like freckles. Freckles are cute. Freckled shoulders and a freckled face. Who cares? Lazo's looking at me like, no, hide your freckles. <laughs> Is that what you're doing? No, I'm just saying like that would be a thing. I don't know that it, it's like that's something. You, it's a weird thing to be insecure about because it's something that you can't hide and you know that there's a group of people who like it and a group of people who may not like it. So uh, that seems odd to me. You're just kind of there, like this is it. It would be like uh, uh, I'm insecure about my hair color. There's nothing you can do about it, and I know that guys, some guys like brunettes, some guys like blondes. That It's not a changeable thing. Being insecure about a non-changeable thing is weird to me. Well, my ex would come and with I get it. People are. I know they and are. I know girls who have tried to hide their freckles. My ex right. did it. She would put concealer on her shoulders and wow. on her face to cover up her freckles. Because I would just think but... you would find so many guys who would be like, oh, I like a redhead with freckles. Right. That's what I'm into. Yeah. And that you wouldn't have to change anything because... You know, there's enough people who would like the way you look. Just like there's enough guys who like brunettes and enough guys who like blondes. Well, what's ironic is that and they... And guys who like girls with purple hair. Julie, I didn't want to leave you out. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, what's ironic is that women draw them on now if they don't have right. them. Right. Now it's like popular. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's uh, whatever. The next one that guys... Uh, do you have is... freckles? Me or Slim? I do. Either one of you. Oh, well, you looked at him and oh. said it. I have them across the bridge of my nose. I get them a lot when it's sunny out. Okay, you? Zits. I just have zits. Oh, I have them on my shoulders. Oh, yeah, you do have some freckles on your yeah, shoulders. I, I forgot like about that. Like the back of my shoulders. And I don't get them. My dad had them, too. Every time I... It's a weird thing, because I don't have them anywhere else, but I have them right here, and you look yeah. at him, you're like, oh, freckles. what's up, Dad? It's weird, because yeah. I always noticed it on him when I was a kid. You know, he's this big, strong man and with freckles, freckles on, on the shoulder. Yeah, on the yeah. shoulders. And then also I had them, thing. too, as I grew up. So the next thing guys bring up is breast size. A very good portion, and they're not saying all guys, but they say a very good portion of guys do not give an S about breast size. There's, uh, there are plenty okay, of guys. No, that Not only that. Me. Now let's say that. Let's say that the. I care. We're going with this uh, great. I, mean, I don't care that enough to not you know. But I yeah sure no. But you just think I'm they're a cool. Fan. I'm a fan. You just I'm think a fan like you have them and they're awesome and they're big. It's great. But you've also <laughs> said that you like to leave the bra on because otherwise it reminds you that it's something about having children and milk. What? Isn't Wait, that you? What? I never said that. Oh, I thought that was you. So, <laughs> no. Someone, one of my friends is like, that doesn't the, sound good. the bra's <laughs> got to stay on. I don't need to be reminded that I, I'm no. going to be nursing a baby or whatever. Oh I'm like, what are you God. talking about? They're boobs. No, I don't but think about that. Let's say, okay. I but, don't mind the bra on, though. Right, right. And, you know, all that. But, no, that would be no reason why. Well, and I... Uh, yeah, certainly, I think I find myself attracted to large breasts. Right. Well, this thing says a, a good portion of men don't care about size. Even Slim if that's like not small true. ones. I like small boobs. Like, I so like grown, small big, boobs. Small? Uh, big, I guess. Not a huge yeah. matter to me. But. Yeah. I mean, look, nothing against big breasts women. I'm just saying, I do really like small boobs. Like, Same I'm like, show. oh, cool. If I was designing a girl Julia, in a lab Julia, big, or small, does it matter to you? Do you care? <laughs> I don't care. No. She uh, she doesn't care. You, uh, all right, well, you know, forget it. Yeah, we got to. Don't ask tra- what I know lightly. you're about to ask. What was uh, I going to ask? I thought you were going to ask what I had. Keep going. Are you happy with what you have? What <laughs> oh. was it? Like, yeah, is that fine. like, are you like, oh, this is because they were saying they were that that uh, women were insecure. You're not insecure about that, are you? Oh, no, because oh. I'm, I'm small. I feel like it all makes sense. Okay. Uh, the next one is height. See, that yeah. wasn't bad. Well, you expected so much worse from me. Well, when you, when you pause, <laughs> I'm like, Oof. 
The next one is height. Now, do you guys remember Netflix made a movie about the tall girl? And she's like, my life is terrible. Oh, I'm yeah. tall. Guys don't have a problem with tall girls. Now, maybe some guys do. Oh, I think you're wrong about that. This whole idea, a lot of guys like tall girls. I think a lot of guys... A lot of guys like tall girls. And plus, I think a lot of guys think a tall girl makes makes her dominant and he doesn't like it. I think everybody has a... Well, not everybody, but people have different preferences about height all the time. I've met guys who love tall girls. Absolutely. I've met guys who love short girls. I met guys... You know what I mean? And And a lot of models are very tall, you know, so obviously that's... But yeah, if a guy is six foot three or whatever, maybe he's more likely to to like a six foot tall girl. I find it interesting because I don't think I ever think about height. I never think about it. I think about my height because I'm short, but I don't think about a woman's height, whether she's taller than me or not, uh, if I'm going to date her, but... I always thought that was a a female thing. What that they were judgmental of men's height. Oh, they definitely are. They like I don't know that men height. are all that judgmental. I think some men don't yeah, like to I, like their girlfriend to be taller than them. Yeah. Just like some men don't like their girlfriend to make more money than them. I right. kind of put that in the same place. Like, well, I was gonna say I haven't heard men be as vocal to women about being tall, but I'm not tall, so I guess I would never right. really know. I mean, um, Tinder profiles are much more likely to have girls say no one under six foot, you know, things right. like that. Guy, yeah. Guys are, I think, I mean, a lot I'm, less I'm likely sure to say that. I'm sure they've made comments, and, you know, yeah. that sucks. But, yeah. again, people are like that with height in general. Uh, the next one that guys say, you should stop worrying about this, is your laugh. These girls who have the quirky little laugh, the snort or whatever, and they get embarrassed and they hide it, it's cute. We got nothing wrong with it. If you snort a little bit, we I laugh, will tell it's you. endearing. I sound like the Joker. When I really laugh. And I'll bet and your boyfriend I, really likes it. No, I feel like it's scary. No. You know, I think that is something interesting that I think we're all a little insecure about our laugh. Because it's ugly. I, but I think we're only insecure about it. If I see somebody, like if I'm someplace and I see two people laughing, I don't ever think they laugh weird. I'm happy that they're laughing. Well, like I, it fills me, fills me with joy, and and if their laugh is like over the top, it makes me happier. Yeah, me yeah. too. Like I'm like, look at that person laugh. Like they, this it's is con- they're having a great day. It's like contagious. Laughing to me is like the one of the lit. I can look at people and get a little bit of joy from. But I think we're insecure about it on our own because we think we look funny, our mouths are we're breathing, we're doing whatever. But I, I don't think people look at people laughing like that and judge them. I think they. I think that's like one of the few things, like a smile, where we're like, you know what? People say, oh, I'm insecure about my smile. I think people are just happy to see you smile. Yeah. I think people are just happy to see you laugh. I think we should be less insecure about that. Yeah. I, I understand why we do it, because people- I have a tendency to go, ah, 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 and I feel insecure about it. Like, oh, my God, people think I'm an idiot, but just laugh, man. There's so, if anything I can say, there's so few times in this world where you actually get to laugh. The last thing you want to be thinking about is what somebody thinks yes. about your laugh. Just, Just laugh. I do notice when people have a great laugh, though. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But yep. also, I've been... So my ex, when I very first met my ex, when she would laugh, she would start off by putting her hands together in front of her face, and she'd go... And then she'd yeah. start laughing. And the first two times she did it, I was like, what the... But as we started dating and I really liked her, it became so endearing. I yeah. don't like that. So if you like someone, you know what I mean? I think... You don't be insecure about the the, the snoring. That's whatever. the one it's thing insane. I hope everybody. No, I mean we can do these stories, but I really hope everybody is more secure with your laugh. We don't get to do it enough. Just yes. laugh. And now this one is the one that kills me. I uh, my ex- now hide your freckles, Jesus <laughs> Christ, and try not to be so tall and make your breasts a little bit bigger. <laughs> oh, but right, for the love right, of God, awesome. sure. Just don't laugh however you want. I love your laugh. Just change everything else. The so really, inspiring. The really polarizing one on this list. And I didn't write this. The men put it there, and I could not agree more. 
Your face without makeup. I have tried to tell my girlfriend this. I've tried to tell exes this. You look great without makeup. And any girl I've been with says, quit saying that. You're just trying to be nice. I I need the makeup. I know that you like me, but it's, you know, what are you saying? I don't do good makeup. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you look great without makeup. I got to tell you, I look real tired. That, but maybe your boyfriend, it looks like you. You know what I mean? I'll bet he loves it. I'll bet he loves seeing you without makeup, but you never believe us. Eh. Lazo says, go ahead and get the makeup on. <laughs> All right, Lazo, uh, I got no. one. Look, I'm just saying in the end, like, uh, that there's a time and a place for everything. And if we wake up together in the morning and you don't have makeup on, I think you're beautiful, right? But if I pick you up at night in my car and you come out, you could be stunning with makeup on. You can have both. Like, you can be like, you're beautiful without makeup and you're stunning with it. It's okay. Right. Like, we don't, like, uh, and we can admit that. Like, I woke up with you and I think you're beautiful. Absolutely. And then I can, we can meet at dinner and be like, Jesus, you're stunning too. It's okay. I wish I could wear makeup to make myself stunning when we go uh, to Benny Hunt. But uh, apparently I can. I don't know how to do that, but I would. I'll teach you. Thank right. you. <laughs> but my girlfriend stresses out about putting makeup on it, but she's like, I have to put on makeup. I'm like, you don't, though. You can go out. You're dressed up. You look great. I, that's all I'm trying to say. She won't go I for like it. Her, man. I like her, man. Okay. One more, Lazo, and I'm really curious because this one's uh, good. Uh, tr- I love how he just skips by me. Tr- trigger warning. Be careful here, but I want to oh, know what you God. think about this, Lazo. Have again, I crossed the line yet, Julia? The, I think I've been very good today. You've been close. Your speech about laughter was so nice. Well, yeah, that, that was, was good. That that's was why good. I had to go back to the booth, so I don't want people to think I was a nice guy. Okay, so this one, I, I want to know what you think. The vagina. You know, women women really apparently get concerned about, does their vagina look good? There's all these surgeries now that you get in L.A. and all these places where they make your vagina look perfect. And these guys on this list say, we don't care. I don't know what's, what, oh, this, this side isn't as equal to this side. Whatever. This is something that the Internet or cosmetic surgeons have made up, and now you're self-conscious about because we definitely don't care. And I agree with that one. Yeah, I got to say, I would never think a guy cares. We don't, but yet there's all these surgeries going on, and I've had multiple girls say, oh, you know, I'm insecure about it. I don't like the way it looks. What do you mean? It looks like a vagina. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Lazo's like, I've never well, seen one. Di- I don't, right, I mean, I know what they look like. There's all different kinds. Right, there's all different yeah. kinds, and I don't, they all look good. I know what I they know. look like, but I'm not, I ain't. You're not looking up it's close. It's not something to look at. Okay, I mean, I don't okay, know. Okay. What, I'm being honest. Like, so what are you, like, down there, like, one. looking at, judging what it looks like? That's nothing to look at. Well, women do get self-conscious about it, and they do these surgeries and stuff, and these guys are just saying, Who's looking hey, at it? Who's down there looking at it? Like, this looks different. What are you looking at it for? Well, guys, Lazo, some guys do look they at look it. They look at it? Yes, they do. I don't understand. Why I would know. you look well, at it? I'll explain it to you off the air. But there Is there you go. a reason why they would look at it? Uh, turn the mics off. I'll explain There's not it. a reason. I understand there's yeah. a reason why you would see it, yes. but why are you looking at it and I judging it? I will explain. It? I will explain off the air. Well, turn ladies, the mics I'm, off. I'm not judging your vagina. I think it's perfect. The Church of Laszlo. What do you say when we talk about there was three styles of love? Uh, yeah, there was love styles, and then there's love languages. You know the love languages thing. We've talked about that. Sure. Uh, the love styles. But love styles was different. Those are like aggressive. They, yeah, they gave them names like the Laszlo, <laughs> which is uh, you know quick. Right. Uh, you're you get into the house. You're pampered for a while, and then uh, you know you you don't hear from them for a while. Sure. But not well, there's you also yours them. where. Right. You're 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 gonna need to watch cartoons and cleanse yourself of the vileness <laughs> yep. that just happened. And then of course there's the snow cone, which is uh, 
How to be the little spoon. <laughs> right, the little spoon who gives, mm-hmm. g- wait, gets back scratches. I, I don't remember. Well, yeah. How to be the big spoon. Whatever it is, it's the snow cone. We, you know it when you see it, yep. as they say. Love styles, not love languages. So that's Coming what up. we talked about. The Church, the church of Laszlo. Yo. Yo. Everything all right? Yeah. I just want right. to know what kind of lover you are. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a caring lover. All this time together, and I feel like I know a lot about you, but I don't necessarily know the specifics of what kind of lover you are. And we've talked in the past about the love languages. Sure. I don't remember how many of those there are. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot. A lot of them. But it's like we're kind of in different places right, with sure. that one. I'm the acts of service. Yeah, I you think, like to do that. Uh, yeah, you're the words of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, I don't remember. <laughs> so this thing uh, says, this is a, a different thing instead of just the love languages. This is the style of love. Which one best describes you? Now, uh, there's the possibility that you could overlap in these. So okay, don't think sure. of it as necessarily a love type. But for the most part, uh, there are six styles of love. Now, I'm not good with the Greek letters and Greek words. Six Jenny, styles you're in a sorority, of love. Are you so. saying like, what does that mean? Not in the bedroom. It's the type of like relationship. So type of love. So when you, because you've talked also about how maybe so love isn't sex. real. No, we're talking about actual okay. love, right? Love. Love itself. Mm-hmm. So the first one what is. What kind of love or am I? Yes. Weird. All right. Eros, which is, it's E-R-O-S. Sure. Does that sound right? Okay, this style is typically experienced as romantic, fairy tale love type. Physical beauty is important to this love type or style. Attraction is intense and immediate, which would be like, uh, love at first sight, head over heels, sure. right? I love this person because of the way they look. And this person um, feels an urgent drive to deepen the relationship uh, emotionally and physically. Okay. Because these individuals love the feeling of being in love, they tend to be serial monogamous. Hmm. Sound familiar? Staying in a relationship as long as it feels fresh and compelling, then moving on so they can experience those same feelings with someone new. That's Again, you. right? I think that's me. Yeah, serial monogamous, right? Love the the intro of it, and I can definitely be head over heels. I, right. I love it first sight, which is not you, right? No. Then there's Storg or Storge. I'm not sure. Storgic <laughs> types tend to be stable and committed in their relationships. They value companionship, psychological closeness, and trust. For these individuals, love uh, relationships can sometimes grow out of friendships. So that love sneaks up. On you, you, you okay. we're just friends. I know you don't believe in that anyway, but we're just friends. And next thing you know, I can't believe it. And I agree with you on that one. Usually, okay. you're not friends with someone of the opposite sex. But this love style is enduring, and these individuals are in it for the long haul. F- f- reading through this whole thing earlier, it sounded like maybe these people are the most likely to have a successful relationship because sure. they're committed and they love being able to tell someone everything. That's what they're after, not just okay. the looks and the lust. Then there's Ludus. L-U-D-U-S. People with a Luddic style view. These are not Greek letters, by the way. Like, not even a little bit. It's not close. a Greek word? I think it's like a Greek god, maybe, or oh. some sort of Greek word, but oh, no. they're not letters. Right. I'm sitting here singing through the Greek alphabet. I'm like, none of these are mm-hmm. actual Greek But they letters. are Greek words, right? I think so. Okay. okay. I, don't, I don't know. It said that it was Greek. So, people with a Luddic style view love as a game that they are playing to win. I like this. Okay. Often, this type can be a multiplayer game. Ludic individuals are comfortable with deception and manipulation in the relationships. They tend to be low on commitment and are often emotionally distant. 
Because Ledic individuals are more focused on the short term, they tend to place greater importance on the physical characteristics of their mate than do many other love styles. They are also more likely to engage in sexual hookups. These are people that look at it as a video game. Sure. I can have multiple games going conquering. at one time. Sure, yeah, it's yeah. conquering. Divide yeah. and conquer, right? You ready for the next one here? Is this one me? It's got you written all over it. <laughs> okay. Pragma. Practically rules, uh, practicality rules for this type. Logic is used to determine compatibility and future prospects. This doesn't mean that these individuals use an emotionless, uh, Spock-like approach to their relationships. Rather, they place a high importance on whether a potential mate will be suited to meeting their needs, like long-term. Basically, sure. are we a good couple? Right, okay. Are we a good yeah. fit, which... It's unfortunate that maybe they're the only ones in this group. Um, these needs might be social or financial. Pragmatists might wonder if their prospective partner would be accepted by family and friends or whether they're good with money. They might also evaluate their emotional assets. Uh, for example, does a would-be partner have the skills to be calm in a time of stress? To me, th- going back earlier to what we are talking about with meeting the parents. and you Right, know, sure. To me, this is everything, though. It's not one of these things necessarily. It's you looking at someone and saying, all right, let's just be logical here. Let's be pragmatic. Right. Is this going to work? And whether it's a 19-year-old and a 30-year-old, and the 30-year-old is saying, look, what do I need from this person? What does this person need from me? I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you, right? Yes, absolutely. Right. How (laughs) how will this work, and how long will it last, and why? And it's okay that each person needs something from the other person. Absolutely. It's going to be different no matter what. Because the other love type, the... uh, the ones that, you know, like the deep commitment and opening up, uh, you know, secrets, opening up the vault so they can talk to one another. Right. That's that's different. Th- they're saying that's the most important. But the the pragma is saying, look, let's just look at this on paper. It's right. almost like Moneyball. It's like Moneyball yes. for relationships, <laughs> right. which I, I feel you. like could yeah. be you. Right. Then there's mania. This refers to an obsessive love style. These individuals tend to be emotionally dependent uh, and to need fairly constant reassurance in a relationship. Well, this could be for me a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Someone with this love style is likely to experience peaks of joy um, and then troughs of sorrow. Uh, because of this, per sorry, possessiveness associated with love style, jealousy is all, almost always an issue for these individuals. So the, that's the person who's, where are you going? Why didn't you tell me right. where you were going? Who are you with? Yeah, I need to know you. where you're at right now. Right? That's you. And I definitely know some people like that. I'm not going to call them out there and you. defend themselves. Yeah. Yeah. No, I said, I looked at me. I said, I, it's I, like I definitely know some people. I'm like, yeah, it's you. Yeah. Then there's agapic individuals. Uh, they are giving and caring and are centered on their partner's needs. This is largely a selfless and unconditional love. This sounds like a parent's love for their kids. Right, you you right. just love them, and you want to make sure they're okay. An agapic partner uh, will love you just as you are. They will also be particularly appreciative of acts of care and kindness kindness that they receive back from their partner. Perhaps because this indiv- these individuals are so accepting, they tend to have very high levels of relationship satisfaction. The hmm. the whether or not you're going to uh, have satisfaction in a relationship. Is dependent on a bunch of different things, obviously. But there are people who are more likely to be happy in a relationship no matter who they're dating. Right. Right? Because are those are all the kinds? For. Those are the six. So which kind do you think you are? You're the pragma, right? I'm uh, mixed with the game. I was going to say, there's a little <laughs> bit of that. I, I, I don't yeah. remember the names of any of these. Me neither. But which I think the, the, game, the game, I like the game. Yeah. It is a game. And so, yeah, I can be pragmatic. Like, what do you get out of this? What do I get out of this? How does that work? Uh, put it on paper, this isn't going to work. Or, you know what, we can probably pull this off for a while, absolutely. But also a game. I like to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm being honest. Like, I like to win. Everything is a, com- a competition to some degree. And so, yeah. 
The Eros, my ex would have no problem with me saying this publicly, that that would definitely define her because that is the romantic fairy tale type. She's, you know, and she said it's from watching too many Disney movies when she was a kid. She wants to be rescued from the castle and the shining armor. I don't remember what the name of it was, but it was the one where you like having a significant other that you can put all your trust in. Okay, that's a Storg or Storge, Mm -hmm. however they say it. Storgic types tend to be stable and committed in their relationships. They value companionship, psychological closeness, and trust. Yeah, I like that. right? Okay. And then Jeremy... That does nothing for me. (laughs) (laughs) I think Jeremy might be a pragma, too. I think I'm. I think I'm like Lazo. I'm a little bit of all of them. A really little bit do, of all of I them. I sit here and look at them. Yeah. I th- I feel like you look at practicality too. Like okay. I think I look sense. at it, but I don't think I always follow that logic. Right. Now I, I think I have that thought in the back of my brain, and then I end up going the other direction. The mania, the obsessive love style. Definitely, I've done that. Definitely one. know some of those. Yeah. And don't we all at some point go? Yeah. I mean, we've mania? all yeah. had that. Right. Yeah. Emotionally dependent and need to be. Uh, they need fairly constant reassurance in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Someone with this love style is likely to experience peaks of joys. I mean, yes, that's of course. That's it's just we're just describing mania. I think general. I'm the game guy, man. You think you're the game guy? Yeah, more but than you're the pragma. I think so. Yeah, it could be. I would have yeah. said. I really twenty think years so. ago, maybe you were the pragma. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you I know? got married because of the pragma for right? sure. And now, well, yeah, the game guy. That's yeah. that's your love style. Yeah, I think I like the I, I like the I like the video games. Yeah. yeah, I like the video games. Yeah, I like to get to the next level. Sure, sure, we're at. I feel like I'm at a slumber party, and you're reading this out of a magazine. What is happening right now? I feel like this show is half bar, half slumber party. <laughs> the Church of Lazlo. Yo, that's it. We're done. See you later, man. Oh, we're going on vacation. Yes, we are. Hope when do you leave? Is a great. I. Th- I'm not sure. I think Sunday, I believe. Hmm. What about you? Have you decided? No, I haven't decided. You should do it. Oh, I'm going to leave. Are you definitely going to go? Oh, okay. I don't know now. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I plan on it, but now that you just said that, you know, I, I see I, myself procrastinating in a couple of days. Well, I just thought yesterday I heard a little bit of something in your voice that said, like, maybe I might stay home and watch all the Daddy's Homes movies and Four Brothers. Well, you know, and- I feel bad because I, I had the uh, uh, the boys last night, but I'm not going to have them on thanksgiving yeah so last night we did our you know thanksgiving movie we watched four brothers oh you together. did last night we did, okay yeah. well, i should have watched last night too i watched planes trains and automobiles last night because you said i had to wait until actual thanksgiving yeah i want well, well you can watch brothers. it more than once but, okay well that's that, that's true the, great, the greatest movie of all time uh snow cone i think you missed that but we're all watching that on thanksgiving and we need proof to be sent to lazo on thanksgiving day that you are watching four brothers got it he's got, got it. it you can't okay. see him his chair is so little oh, weird got it boss it's like working with that guy from um, Game of Thrones. Okay. (laughs) Isn't it? It is. Is that rude or something? I don't know. know. It's true that if you were sitting here, you'd see he does look like a little person sitting (laughs) in there, which he doesn't normally because he's like 6'3". All right. Have a happy holiday. You too. I'll see you when we get back. Happy Thanksgiving. A good show, Tom. Stay passionate, kids. The Church of Laszlo. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.